0: Nervous. I'm nervous. I'm getting. I'm getting performance anxiety. Uh
1: oh. I'm not because I'm too tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. Everything bounces off of me. It's my, my. It's more my superpower.
0: I'm so tired that I. I receive all. All of the world's, shouts and pains and anguish, it all flows through me and then back out in what I. Uh, unleash onto the world and this, that's why we do a podcast together is we have exact opposite uh
1: superpowers that manifest you're being tired i become insensitive and immune to anything around me and you become hypersensitive and tortured um uh, and that's uh, a
0: great you know it's a great dynamic two great tastes that taste great together <laughs> this is not a great start uh what it's 1105 Yeah sunday may 21st Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. Um <laughs> It's
1: five, Sunday, May 21st. Joe Biden still has yet to, to mint the billion dollar or the trillion dollar
0: coin. We're waiting. Dawn rises in Joe Biden's America. In a in a coinless America. Yeah. We're, we've all gone to paper. And maybe that's for the best. You know, I've got a sandwich shop below me. They're cash only. I love what they do there. I love their business. But let's get real. Do you don't think they could figure out how to get a credit card machine in there (laughs) you think that they're just like it's it's just it's confounded them they haven't figured it out and they they want to punish people and it's not like the sandwiches are like four dollars so they're like oh the credit card is going to really kill us on those taxes There, sandwiches are like Mm, eleven dollars okay there might be 13 if they had a credit thing though they had to report all of it (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm. All, all I'm saying is, 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 just like it's annoying that there are a lot of places in D.C. that I have to get cash for. And could you imagine if you had to get coins again? <laughs> yeah, for once,
1: things. Once they mint the, the trillion-dollar coin, we have to throw all
0: of our dollars down the toilet. And it's just quarters from here on out, baby. They, they've, they've, yeah. It's the last step to destroying the American dollar, uh, which is under attack. You know, and I, I never really, I never really. Cared too much about you know the debt ceiling or inflation, but I cared about the dollar. You know, I, the dollar is something I grew up with. uh I, I really, I, I, I'm spiritually inclined to a lot of the the, the guys on those dollars. You know, they've got they had they're great men of history and and women of history. Um, we, we
1: flash back to Griffin's childhood room and there's like posters of dollars <laughs> on the wall
0: and like dollars comic books. I just I know I, I'm i saying that, you know, I wish I had I wish I had that young patriotism. I'm saying they just they've always been around and now they're going away and it's Biden's America and, and that's where we're at. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the the world's changing and, you know.
1: In ways that are they're taking away the things that we grew up with that we care about, that make the world intelligible to us. And one day There's we're gonna open our eyes and we're just gonna be uh, Abe Simpson, like, what, what's <laughs> happening to me? Only we'll be like thirty-six.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Abe Simpson of thirty-six year olds is nigh. Uh if you if you if you have any kind of uh short term or long term, it's all gone very soon. Yeah, it's, they're coming for it. The, uh, the IRS is going to come to your house and take your memory away. That's really what a multiverse is, right? That's what all these corporations have been promising us is the great, the great ending of memory because it's all present at all times. Yeah, everything's everywhere all at once. Right. Yeah, you're right. That movie was evil at its core. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying is that that movie, <laughs> that movie about sort of generational trauma and love was evil. And it was meant, meant to fuck
0: over all the youth of America, ruin yeah. our minds. They're, they're using, they're using twee aesthetics to, uh, to destroy the American dollar. And, <laughs> and now we're here. And I just want to say, yeah, it's like for all you film aficionados, uh, and, and simps uh, for cinema, you, you a 24 fucks, this is, this is where you guys left us. You left us with nothing, but we are tonal movie pieces. Yeah, exactly. All we have
1: are movies where uh, two people look at each other sadly and then say something twee. And then the audience cries and then goes on Twitter and tells
0: me that it's very important that I think about you know my relationship to laundry. That's right hundred percent. That's what the, and that's what the movie was about. Our relationship to laundry. Uh, and you know, I want to go back to Biden's America for a second. I saw this this. as though we could ever leave. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to return. Um, you know, I saw this video, uh, about Biden's America that these like conservatives were, uh, posting. They're like, it was a video of like two small children, like being led into the white house and then like biden like grab like holding their hands and like walking them indoors and they're like they're doing it in broad daylight yo no way
1: there's no like that's crazy that's like it was it awesome. Happened. That's like the most normal ass thing <laughs> in the world. Is like a photo, yeah, a photo op with like some kids being children. nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> The, the part they didn't keep in the video because they couldn't get the camera in the room is part where he unhinged his jaw and swallowed both the kids whole.
0: That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, a lot of people were worried he wouldn't be able to do at his old age, unhinge his jaw that large. But he's proved them wrong yet again. The jaw is still functional yeah, and large. And that's why... He's going to be running in 2024,
1: folks, because yep. he's still got it. You can still pop that thing open and get, get it
0: wide. Yeah, that, w- that would be a good announcement speech just to cram a few toddlers uh, down your gullet, you know, while with like some American flags transposed over it. I think that would be good. I think uh, I think there's a lot of different options for his announcement, but I think that's probably near the top. Yeah. It would be good
1: if you yeah. just unhinged the jaw and did like the giant open mouth thing from like Exorcist Two or Three and then just
0: screams. Yeah. Where he has just the yeah. huge mouth. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, ah, that's the that's the jaw from Exorcist Two or Three. I can't no remember. No one the, No one in the crowd, sure.
1: No like, okay, let's uh, let's be real for a second. You've exercised one memorable, distinct, and then two and three. There shouldn't have been any others. Two, three, four, and I think Dominion is the other one. They all blur together into one weird movie. I mean, three yeah. kind of stands out because it's extra weird, but they kind of all blur together. Yeah, they're not, they're not deserving of individual respect. That's true.
0: But yeah, so uh, I, I just, this the guy filming the kids walking into the White House and, and him saying they're doing it in broad daylight. And that getting a lot of engagement online, it just goes to show that there, there are people out there having more fun than me. That's just as they're just undeniably having more fun. Right. They're 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 experiencing such a high a heightened level of fun that I'm just not accessing right now. See, that's. I wonder about that because it kind of does seem
1: really fun, but it also seems like if it's at all sincere, you'd just be so terrified all the time. Like anytime you saw a child near a building, you'd be like, someone's going to eat that
0: kid. Yeah. Or you could be maybe you're an ancient Mayan who who where child sacrifice was like a large part of the culture. And maybe this is you feel honored and represented.
1: Yeah, it's possible, although. I'm not sure really how many of those guys are around, but like it's you know that that might not be an insubstantial chunk of the people pointing iPhones at Joe Biden. Right, put him, put him on the flag on on on
0: on the de, the inclusion flag. This dog is going crazy, and he's not the yeah. one who usually barks so much. Yeah, because he's he cares about ancient Mayan uh, representation. Yeah, it's which true. Is- Noodles, Noodles is descended from the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of speaking of. Uh, ancient civilizations. You see the Scorsese uh, trailer? I did. Uh, It it looks good. The movie, he's done it. Surprise, folks. He made another good movie. Yeah, oh my Uh, goodness. One of the, you know, 5, 10 best to ever do it is still good at doing it. Here's what I'll say, though. The reviews are out now, and they're saying it's a phenomenal film. But why are the reviews out now? Why? Why? It's in is it's it, coming out in October. Because it of, should it's a, be it's a can illegal, right? It should be illegal it's to like say it's, a movie is this good and then it's not. You can't go see it like within the, a couple of days.
1: Yeah, it's the you know it's the can reviews. But what are they? What are they doing between can and now? Um, like little final edits, credit stuff. You know, distro tweaks. But like, it is this is an infuriating tradition of being someone who follows movies is the like festival review, like experience. Cause you get con, there's con, there's Venice, there's like fantastic Fest, Sundance, there's festivals, all these movies you want to see play there. Everyone who's a movie critic who has passes, goes and is like, Holy moly. I saw 25 of the greatest movies in history and you can see them too in 18 months. And Hmm. it's like, uh, cool man, this sucks.
0: Well, well now, I mean that's how it used to feel. But this year Con is starting to feel a lot more like a Comic-Con uh because they got shit like Indiana Jones, uh Dial of Destiny and, and 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 movies like that where I'm like, "What what is this? Why is Indiana Jones playing here? Why are all these movies playing here?" Well, I think um, it's it's almost
1: I, I thought of this a little bit actually. I feel like it's almost like a response to like Martin Scorsese not liking Marvel movies. It's an and attack that, on Scorsese. Well, do you know what I mean though? It's like they're trying to assert that these like huge movies are the same kind of thing as like some like, you know, fucking some like French indie film that would play a con or whatever, right? <laughs> and, like
0: and, some. And guess what? It's not. The Dial yeah. of Destiny is not getting good reviews. Um, are you shocked? I, I'm. I'm shocked. I'm. I'm floored to hear that the creaky,
1: no bones Indiana Jones movie is not a compelling piece of cinema.
0: Which is crazy because this is the first movie where he has no bones
1: at all. <laughs> yeah, the are you th- we. Uh, America thought they were ready for like a sloppy, gloopy
0: corpse of Indiana Jones rolling yeah. around on their screens. And uh, we a were flesh wrong. pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lump of flesh uh, known as Harrison Ford, um, you know, only received a five minute ovation at con. Now, that's that's got to stink. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, at this point.
1: That is really funny, and it's true that at this point we don't rate movies by whether or not they got a standing ovation, but by how long the ovation was. And five minutes is nothing. Fucking don't worry, darling. Have like you know ten, you know. Right. I still haven't seen that. That was at con too. I think it was at a. I think it was a different festival, but it got you know the big ovation
0: and stuff. Con. More Ken. like. Com- Ken, more like comic Comic Con. I should have done that earlier. You, Anyways. Did, you did do that earlier. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, Indiana Jones, Dial Destiny. Gotta say, I love those movies. Love those first three. Yeah. I mean, I love the and, Indiana Jones movies. And then Crystal Skull happened. <laughs> but but is this is this the redemption art for Chris Kingdom with the Crystal Skull? Because this is actually how it works now. Is like you know people go, oh, the Star Wars prequels, they're so fucking bad, they're so fucking cheesy, and then you see the Disney Star Wars movies, and you're like, oh well, the prequels are actually they're they're biblical texts, actually the prequels. They are they're a craft. Uh, they're a wonder of the world move over Niagara Falls. Uh, and, and so we're kind of like in context with how bad and just sort of mediocre everything is now. We're, we're able to look fondly at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and maybe say, hey, maybe that was actually the best movie ever, ever made. Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to go back and uh, enjoy the performance of
1: Shia LaBeouf's Mutt, the character named <laughs> Mutt.
0: Wait, his name was Mutt? <laughs> yeah, I believe that is
1: correct, right?
0: Wow. I mean, uh, and they're like, they're like Shia. You just have to stop being weird. Yeah. What Mutt, was his deal, Mutt Williams? What was his deal outside? I know, I know he was into putting bags on his head and stuff like that. And then, uh, shocker, turned out to be a weird guy too. Um. But what was his thing <laughs> in is the he movie? physically abuse? No, is he physically abusive? Or... I feel like he yelled at a lot of people. I don't remember his yell yelled at a lot anyone. of people. He had made up a story about his dad. Oh, that movie. was a big thing. Is like, yeah, no, that, But there was some, there was something darker though than a than a creative misstep. I don't, I don't remember if he if if he did like a
1: a, like let's, a let's, big, make, let's make one up. Triple homicide. Um, yeah. Hey, but if he makes a movie as good as The Flash, everyone will forget about it. I'm. That, I want to, I'm in love with this. I, Let's talk about The Flash. I think it's culturally d- bad, but it's so funny to me that Warner Brothers, as like an entity, has decided that a thing that they're doing now is to say, look, Ezra Miller did a lot of crimes. He kidnapped, they kidnapped some kids. They owned a bunch of weapons. Yeah. Um, but The Flash is so good that you're going to forget about all of that. And now, they're having what, people come on, like do interviews where they're like, and it's working and it's yeah, working. And they're, they're, they're saying
0: having, maybe kidnap another kid. They're you having know, people maybe,
1: do interviews where they're just like, yeah, he went through a lot of stuff and they went through yeah. a lot of stuff. And they did a lot
0: of bad things, but man, this movie. It, and it formed the role. It informed the role. It, it, it did. It, it, there was, it was kind of like, okay, it was kind of like, you know, how they, they originally made toy story and Woody was, was kind of a dick. And then, and then uh, Tim Allen, he got into that really nasty DUI accident, and he came back into the studio. and like you know, Woody should be nice. Woody should be a guy's everyone, someone everyone loves. And they they redid it. They redid Woody's voice, and it saved the movie. DUI because Tom because
1: because they, cause Tom, cause, cause Tim Allen got in a DUI accident and came to the studio and said Tom nasty, Hanks, said, Tom, nasty Hanks DUI. You'll have to, said, Tom Hanks you'll have to play Woody differently
0: in this movie yeah. that I'm not in wait Tim Allen was buzz I don't think Tim Allen's uh maybe Tim, Tim Allen was wait, buzz yeah yeah don't yeah Tim Allen was buzz yeah and he he got in the DUI but but Tom Hanks was in the passenger, and Tom Hanks, well, he had an unlicensed firearm that was covered in blood for some reason, which is uh, a weird thing for a gun. It was his blood, but it it was yeah, but uh, a lot of questions there. so they had they had to completely the cops even said it. The cops were like, we have to relook at at woody's voice <laughs> they, they 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 saw a rough cut right there um on the side of the road, and they said, well, let's let's open up the hood. No, not the car, this project, let's get back in there. Yeah. Let's, let's rework. Same thing happened with Shrek, uh, Mike Myers, um, you know, they, was it, he did it, he did Shrek without a Scottish accent at first. Is that true? Yeah. He did Shrek normal as like, Hey, I'm, I'm Shrek, my swamp, uh if Get that's out. true that's like a very difficult thing to imagine well there's actually two or er, there's two earlier shreks there's there's Mike Myers version uh with no with no accent no 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 scottish accent and then there which he then he recorded the whole film regular accent then called them and was like, hey, can we try it with a Scottish accent? They went back and they did it a second time. Uh, but even before Mike Myers was on board the project, Chris Farley was the voice of Shrek. And Chris Farley was playing it very straight. And it was terrible. Whoa. So-, so we've got multiple Shreks here. Wait, so OK, so it was originally written for Chris Farley to
1: do in like a New York working class accent.
0: Yeah. A New York working class accent here. Yeah, you keep talking about it. I'll pull up the audio on my then, on my phone here. Let's
1: see if I can find it. Um. Then okay, so I'm trying to find this other one. So I know the. Oh, and then he was originally very Canadian. This is crazy. You I didn't originally.
0: Know this is, all
1: right, here we go. room temperature. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, if you're not doing this for cockle, woman, why are you doing it?
1: Uh, simple, fart gets his princess. I get what I want, which is.
0: Now, come on. What do you want?
1: I don't have time to set it to music.
0: Oh, this is another
1: one of those onion things. No, this is one of those drop it and leave me alone things.
0: Wow. What a fun, what a fun, really breathing a lot of life into that character. Yeah, very, um, very uh, upset in Toronto vibes. I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to respect Chris's memory, but this must have been a down period for him. Well, I don't think that was Chris
1: Farley. I thought, isn't that? Oh, well, that was Chris, Chris Farley. Farley. Then I think I might have. Let me see. I think I, I may have just found the the original Mike the, Myers voice. The, the Mike Myers one that I'll send to you really quick. Yeah, let's let's um, let's, let's lift this whole thing because this is. Ooh, there's other stuff we could talk about, but this is like
0: no. This
1: is this isn't a good thirty forty five. This this is this has rocked my world in a way that like the
0: massive news and games media and all these things n- just cannot compete with. All right, so we got the normal voice here. Originally had a thick Canadian accent. All right, the videos. This is
1: my swamp, our swamp. Let go, donkey, let go. stubborn jackass, Billy Fine. Is my swamp, our swamp. My gold, you eh. All right. So it was. He, he did go from like Canadian He did go from like Canadian
0: to oh, to Scottish.
1: Your half. Hmm. That's your half, and this is my half. Oh, your half. Hmm.
0: Okay, so definitely not as big of a leap from Chris Farley, which was just totally dead, dead on arrival. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. so. Just, just let you know, you know, uh, how did we originally get to this? It was, oh, it's because of the Flash and his crimes, <laughs> the many crimes of Ezra Miller. Yeah, the many crimes of Grindle Grindle Miller. Uh, so I think that, yeah, for me, the Flash looks fun. The Flash looks very fun, and the the crimes of Ezra do give it a little more juice. A little more must see TV vibe to it. Yeah. And they do, it is, you know, there is connective tissue here in that Ezra
1: Miller did appear in the Fantastic Beast movies. Um oh. so they do know they do know how to do the crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, right. And so they right. sort of brought that energy to the
0: Flash. Totally, totally. I mean I think the Flash looks kind of cool. I think uh the trailer using really looks like, fucking good. Yeah, they're using the they're using the visual effects that uh, Zack Snyder he was using in like the Superman Man of Steel and stuff like that like that kind of like it just it's something about it the, the camera movements and like the CGI just look different it still looks CGI but it's like a, it's just a different flavor you know well, that, we've been eating vanilla for so long now we're eating I guess some sort of new, some strawberry maybe yeah well I mean this is like the least surprising take for me to have because I say it all the fucking time but like
1: It's the biggest mistake you can do with like CGI or like any of these sort of like rendering stuff is like try to make it look as real as possible. Like the more distant from reality you make it not necessarily more distant, but like if you use it to accentuate and exaggerate and make things look bigger than they are or sharper than they are or like just in a way that. Where you we like I know it doesn't look real, but it just looks cooler. The worst is when it's trying to look absolutely real, and it just becomes uncanny. Like that's like the Marvel problem is like when you use CGI to just like make a parking lot look like a parking lot, it like sucks. But when you use CGI to like just make you know big spaceships seem bigger, not necessarily the way they fit in the world, it's a lot more compelling and interesting. And that's what Zack Snyder always did. Like Zack Snyder didn't give a shit about like gritty realism; he just wanted it to be like big and scary.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess, um, that's, that's something to keep your, keep your eyes on. What other major topics you said something about video games? Yeah. I mean, what, I was, what's, what's I was on your thinking,
1: mind? I was thinking about, uh, the, the Zelda
0: verse. Okay.
1: And the emergence of here's the the right right wing zelda players being under attack oh my god that shit is so funny that that post you sent me is hilarious where is that did i send that to you oh the tweet was the the original deleted you sent the original tweet you sent is now protected wow bullshit but it was about you gotta uh, protect him it was just a person furious that there's like People who are horny for Link or say Link is trans or whatever.
0: Well, I gotta th- I gotta think about it this way. You know, it, it, you know, the, basically they're saying that like, you know, they're just trying to enjoy the Zelda, being part of the Zelda fan base online. But if you go to the Zelda fan base, it's like ninety nine percent like Link is a twink, Link is a go go boy, uh, Link is verse, um, and, and these are all true. But you know, um, is it is it time to to bring some traditional values back to, back to the Zelda fandom. I mean, I mean, given, a game that's a game that's just about saving your helpless girlfriend the whole time. Can we make, can we, can we get that back to more of a traditional, yeah, I say, like, <laughs> traditional, I guess like the, un,
1: the, the thing that the game itself is doing is uh, having link be a uh, skinny guy.
0: <laughs> and that's, well, that's what's derailing
1: also- all these people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well I mean I do I definitely I definitely I mean I would definitely when I look at when I look at Link I definitely say that's gender he that's that's full on gender right there. He exudes gender. And that's okay. Yeah, he's he there's like big gender
1: vibes uh from Link, which is you know fun and interesting but definitely Also like half the outfits are like women's outfits. Also he but he does get a lot of cool hats. That's true. Um I I saw a hat with a skull on it yesterday. That was I, exciting. And, and I do,
0: and you know I do think that there is a there's sort of an odd relationship between him and uh him and Zelda. You know, they're kind of like uh they're like they're more like BFFs than they are like hooking up. That's just the vibes I get.
1: Yeah, and I mean, to the degree that there is, like, a romance there, it's one where, like, Zelda is very much, like, the one who drives the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: She's like, like, I'm getting captured. I'm not a playable character. I'm driving the car. Well, I mean, their dynamic, not in terms of the action. <laughs> in terms of the
1: action, obviously Link is the actual character, but, like, their dynamic, it always feels like Link is sort of, like, Link, you know, Link can't talk. Uh, how about this one? Link Manuel Miranda. Whoa... A musical, it's right there, a musical where everyone mouths their dialogue and no one can hear it. Yep. But people respond to it. That's such a funny thing. I forget about every Zelda game until I play it is that Link has an animated mouth, but doesn't say any sounds. And then people are like, I get you.
0: Yeah, people are um, talking about that. The fact that uh, the success of the Mario movie means they're going to definitely make like a Zelda movie. And uh, yeah, they're like, oh, but uh, Link doesn't ever talk um yeah maybe he doesn't have to i mean if they make a movie they can always make him talk or they could do the
1: cool thing and make him not talk for the whole movie like some kind of like a what
0: what movies are like that like a cowboy (laughs) western cowboy western uh, a buster keaton silent film yeah buster yeah let's just do that hey hijinks and pranks
1: yeah, that would be sick, actually, if it's just like two hours of like, Blink bumbling around and like, like actually doing the things you do in Tears of the Kingdom where he's like tries to make a boat, but like can't figure out where to put the sail and like falls in the ocean and drowns.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, should we take a break now and then talk about the game or or what? What do you think? All right. I know we I know we wanted to talk about a uh, T.O.T.K. T.O.T.K. Um, but first, have you heard Aquafina's uh rap in The Little Mermaid? <laughs> no, I haven't. what character what is that? <laughs> uh I, I it's that's um it's it's Woody. It's Buzz oh it's buzz light (laughs) year that explains it uh yeah listen i like the i like it i think it's i think it's badass i think it's i think it's urban i think it's queens i think that finally we need to bring some queens to the ocean yeah that that rap reeks of Astoria. (laughs) yeah um like i'm i'm on the i'm on my i'm on the subway I'm on the subway. We can chat.
1: Um, <laughs> she,
0: she's got to be a bird, right? I don't know.
1: I, well, I guess we'll see. A seagull. Um, did you see? Speaking of
0: uh, uh, media, did you see Fast X yet? No, and I gotta say, I'm a little burnt out on the franchise. Like, uh, uh, until until the Fast family is like in like a a polycule together i I think it's going to take a lot for them to raise the stakes for me again well that's fair i did and i kind of liked it i just
1: want to tell you one thing about it which i loved which is that john cena's arc in the movie is that he learns how to be an uncle but ultimately learns that you can be too much of an uncle and get in big trouble (laughs) okay Uh, well now i'm in yeah it's good that's my favorite thing about the movie is that arc and there's some cool action sequences too uh, what what tr- big trouble
0: could an uncle get in? I guess I'll have to find out. I mean, are you kidding me? Uncles can get into huge trouble. That's like the one yeah. of the
1: things that's like being an uncle. To be an uncle is to be on the cliff's edge of big trouble at all times.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I wasn't running out to see it, but I guess I could I could skip over check it out. Um, I think I'm behind like a fast or something. After they fought the submarine in like Antarctica. I was that one was just like not that one was like boring and like not fun somehow. Yeah, Um, eight, eight, like
1: they didn't. I don't. I must must be missing
0: fast nine.
1: Yeah, I can't even really explain. Like nine is also like a step down from like five, six, seven, but it's a lot better than eight was. Like eight just felt like like they were trying to wrangle this thing, this like style of movie, into shape and just like couldn't figure it out and just like totally goofed it. (laughs) I like that Vin Diesel can't get along with anyone. I mean, some of them love him. Michelle Rodriguez thinks he's great. Okay, so yeah, I, well,
0: uh, I like that. There's drama. Yeah, there's they, like they there's shoot. factions. It's crazy. Now, now that the writer strike is happening, here's a reality show: just hanging out on the behind the scenes set of the Fast and the Furious franchise. That would be the ultimate reality show. Fuck off! Yeah, that would beat the Kardashians. That would beat everything. Yeah, I mean that would
1: be that would be huge. America's ready for it
0: too. Yeah. Cause there's no TV. Yeah. They, they ran out of channels last night. Yeah. No one's allowed to write any jokes anymore. Yeah. That's a, and that's, and that's, that's, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to miss all those, all those jokes I laugh at on the late night shows, <laughs> but that's the thing about a union. And that's the thing about solidarity is that you have to fight for people who aren't good at their jobs. Uh, that's actually a, a big big part of it you don't know, think about when you get into protesting and and unionizing is that you're you're unionizing for everyone and that includes the people who are bad at their jobs and yeah. that's beautiful it's beautiful
1: if you um if you people you know people should labor with dignity even if they're not super good at it
0: yes, that's a, a much better way of putting it.
1: Uh, And, you know, that's true in every field, including writing. It's a little more frustrating sometimes writing because a lot of people are trying to do that, uh, us included. Um, And some people are very bad at it. And it's frustrating, but it's okay because. The fight for the WGA is a fight for the standards for all
0: laborers everywhere. I've completely I've 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 moved my my character build away from writing. Actually, I don't I don't even think I can do it anymore. I'm like at a one. I have one skill point in writing at this point. I've I've shifted my points uh, into uh, dexterity and survival. At this point you know that's probably
1: I, I, that's probably a better future looking build i'm still i slow my i'm still spec for writing so that when society collapses i can die quick
0: yeah that's good um yeah i uh i don't think if someone made me write something right now i would probably call the cops well wow. yeah but wow. what happened to the tolerant left I'd I'd call it in, yeah. I'd call it in a, a- cab unless they're trying to make me write something. A <laughs> uh, cab unless <laughs> I would like to talk to them. <laughs> back in I'm I'm back in the boys in blue when it comes to uh, writing. But, you know, if someone's offering us a big deal, you know, a lot of money and, and let's be honest, you know, writing, you, you, it's we're past writing because no one's reading. So the 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 necessity for writing is gone because if you want to make a TV show or if you want to pitch something, well, you can take those meetings, but no one in that meeting has read the script ever, ever. No one's reading them. They're not, no one's reading your pitches. They're not allowed to. Allowed to your s- they can't even do it if they wanted to. It's like you're bringing a little. They're, they live in cave. The the execs they live in caves, and they come out for yoga, and they come out for coffee, and then they go back in their little caves, and uh, they wouldn't know how to read it if if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, they just they just go off of like little rituals. They like they're indigenous to Beverly Hills. These these people they just these, like roll little bone dice. This species of human they roll little bone dice and they decide what what what's going to get picked up, and. And so if you if they're not reading it, why are we
1: writing it? And that's a great question. Um and one yeah. that no one can really answer and hopefully
0: maybe this strike will help sort it out. <laughs> let's answer it. Yeah, let's go down there and answer it. And hey, maybe do a little bit of networking, a little bit of elbow rubbing, maybe uh uh you know what? I need to print out some business cards. I think I'm going to be that guy again. Can we return to business cards just for a second? Um, because I saw a guy hand them out recently in my job and I was like, that rock, that's awesome. Uh, uh, how awkward is it to get someone's number? They're like, oh, I'll put it in the phone or, or you're, or, or I'll give you the number and then you text me. You hand on the card, you know, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Um, it's true. It's, it's a time saving measure for sure. I think it's good. Why do I don't know why we we lost the 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 art of business there? Yeah,
1: man, we've lost a lot of <clears throat> of the sacred business arts over time. That's for sure. Biden, Biden's America. Um, so you'll we'll just have right. some no business cards, no dollars,
0: no cents. You know what I mean? Let's let's move on from Biden's America and let's talk about uh, Gannon's high rule, which is which is prosperous and bountiful. Yeah. And, and, and you got a cool hand. Yeah. You have a cool, cool hand. Um, Yeah. It's a really good game. I don't know. I, am I'm, I'm, I'm a little reticent to review this game because at this point you've probably heard everything you need to about the game. Uh, the game is, has freaking broke the internet. And, and I think that everyone pretty much knows if they're going to play it or not by now. And we'll probably be saying a lot of the things you've already heard, but yeah, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's breathtaking. Um, I think it's and I, so yeah. much better than Breath of the Wild. And that's going to be my top question for you, Lux, is does this completely invalidate the existence of Breath of the Wild? Because it's the same map technically, a lot of the same systems of discovery with new ones, lots of new ones, but it feels like Tears of the Kingdom is such a perfection on the thing and it's so large and so impossible to complete that like, why would you then want to also return to Breath of the Wild? I mean, I guess I, I understand there is extra additional content you can't experience anymore in Tears of the Kingdom. That's only in Breath of the Wild. But yeah, I mean, you know, Bennington, friend of the show right now, he asked me, where do I start? And I told him, skip Breath of the Wild, go straight to Tears. And
1: I think I agree with that. I think, so I, you know, Breath of the Wild is good. I've always been on the, on the less enthusiastic about breath of the wild side, because I've never been the biggest fan of sort of get out there into the world tiger and go wander around type games that aren't, that don't quite have like that same push of direction. Like, like at least mm-hmm. Elden Ring had the, you know, had the, the fucking lines of, of uh what's it called? The runes and, and like there's like the god i'm so fucking out of it uh the lines there's,
0: are you talking about are you talking about like more to combat no, like, the lines of, like
1: the lines of grace and stuff and elden ring like there was something that gave you like oh, some direction guiding, and stuff
0: guidance yeah gotcha.
1: and and breath of the wild what a lot of people liked about it is that it was for like a go run around do whatever you want or whatever and tears of the kingdom is a lot more directed and a lot more interesting that way and then it just has like you're saying so many more different ways to interact with that world like like Breath of the Wild was really about like going around that world and being like, wow, I'm climbing a mountain, which is neat. But then in, in Tears of the Kingdom, you have like a bunch of different ways to climb that mountain. You have a bunch of different ways to think about what you're going to do at the top of that mountain. A bunch of different ways, yeah. things to do with the stuff that you find on your way up that mountain. And so yeah. everything feels a lot more
0: alive because you have so many more ways of interacting with it. <laughs> Yeah, and there's obviously way more NPCs, way more side quests with actual like map pinpoints to go to, um, a lot more like different, uh, yeah, varieties of of quests that send you out for different stuff. Yeah, there's there's a lot more to do, and then they added on this whole new building mechanic. And you know, I, I think that the like level of design skill that they have in this game probably won't be rivaled for like five to 10 years um because you know what we've been talking a lot about on the on the show over the years is like the difference between like graphics that look really interesting and unique and just going for high fidelity realism or whatever and you know it's you know good graphics are 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 always going to be a challenge but sort of like the challenge of like optimizing it like there's there isn't big leaps anymore in terms of looking like super high realistic. Like most people can kind of compete and kind of push those envelopes. But the one envelope that almost no one can like push, that's like kind of now the new arms race is like these mechanic design elements. Like the amount of code and design to make these things work and to make all these different iterations work, like all in tandem is just I don't think anyone is going to be able to do that for a really, really long time. And I think there's a reason why. And it's not just like the pure skill level of these of this team that over Nintendo, but the history of how this team has stayed together over the years. I was reading this really interesting thread on Twitter about um, the president of Nintendo and you know, years ago, they were launched the Wii U, which was Ooh. a console that completely tanked um, and was terrible business for uh, Nintendo. And he was told to lay off a large part of the Nintendo staff. Instead, he took a personal pay cut, retained those teams, and a large majority of those people are still at Nintendo today. I don't think you really get a game as good as tears, of the kingdom without people like that, making those decisions to invest in a team and to like develop a team for decades like this. That's, that's really how you get stuff like tears of the kingdom. And I just don't see any other company like investing in their talent and growing their talent. I see people, you know, doing the exact opposite of that. Um, at other video game studios. So so I think there's so many reasons why this game is good, but I think a core reason is because of how they've maintained those teams over the years. Uh, I think that's right. and I think there there's
1: that. and I think there's a thing where Zelda, in particular as a series, is so much of a core text. To how so many other games are designed, like so many games are drawing on things Zelda did, like in Ocarina or in Wind Waker or in Majora's Mask or even before that, Link's Awakening, whatever. And I think that because of that, they're given a little bit of space to play because the core framework of the game is this thing that is so well honed Um and so there isn't this idea of, well, we have to make sure that the
0: basic concept of the game works and we can layer things on top because that's already, that box is checked. Like, and then on top of that, yeah, they already have the map too. And then we're like, Oh, they're reusing the map. They're like, Oh, like it's so good. They reuse the map. Yeah, exactly.
1: It, <laughs> it ends up freeing up so much stuff out of the game. I, yeah. um, I totally agree about the, the core thing, the core team thing. I think that's a really good insight. And then also I was talking to a friend of the show, Rory about this. um, People from the God of War team, I think, were
0: uh, talking about how. I don't know who that guy was. It was like one guy, and I don't know what part of the team he's on. So I, I feel like we shouldn't say the God of War team. There's one guy from but, the
1: God of War team.
0: And I don't even know. Like, he could have been like the fucking security guard. Yeah. I, I, I this was not a high level person. But I think it does speak to something that, that is significant.
1: Um, cause this guy was basically like complaining about how. Tears of Kingdom doesn't use like hyper-optimized peak peak performance graphics stuff, right? Um, And it
0: reminded me at least a little bit... Basically, his take was... This guy's take was he took a a picture of like a screenshot from Zelda and was like, we get the designs and everything are cool, but like no one is going to ding this game for the the graphics quality. Like he was essentially saying that this game shouldn't be a 10 10 out of 10 because of the graphics quality.
1: Yeah, and so the... The it reminded me a lot of when Elden Ring came out, and a bunch of designers were like, "What's up with this map that has nothing on it? Why why aren't things labeled? Where are all of the points of interest and shit?" Um, filling up my UI. Why don't Why don't I have a crazy Why don't I have a crazy HUD with a million things on it all the time and stuff? Um, and I think it speaks to this thing where like the prevailing wisdom of what a big a good big release game is is not aligned with like what people actually want from big release games like people aren't necessarily here for crazy hyper realism or super intense graphics or like ubisoft style there's a million markers on the map
0: that's just but that's just the stuff that's easy to make yeah that's that's (laughs) the stuff anyone can do
1: yeah I think that's I think that's right and I think that there's this thing where people are like these are the best things because that's what all the games are and it's like well no like if you look at all the best games the things that don't do that that there's like this, this disjunct where Zelda says hey like we don't need to have the best graphics we have a cool look and we don't need to have the most mappy map because we have all these cool mechanics that are going to carry through this game it's going to be super fun you have Elden Ring being like part of the fun here is that you don't know that you're under threat all the time and that's an experience as a player that's really cool and I think that this is just another game that comes out that plays in that space where it's like um, where it's like a break from like the same kind of triple A churn that's been happening for so long. And you have this thing that feels different and is like fully fleshed out as its own thing that feels different from other stuff. And then all of a sudden that feels so compelling and interesting in a way that a lot of other games can't really get to because they're just sort of playing in that same
0: space. Yeah, I'm. a Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm a little. I'm a little astounded at anyone who can like play like I bet someone could look at a screenshot who hasn't played the game and go like, "Mm, yeah, that does look not as great as I'd want it to. But playing it and going into one of those lookout towers and getting shot up into the sky and then seeing the entire world like rendered out before you as you're rocketing through like the clouds and then how you can just fly through everything and just fly across the land and dive bomb and then dive deep into the earth like it's such a technical marvel that any of this is possible on a video game console and then on a switch in 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 in, 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 on a switch itself something that's six or seven years old at this point i i'm just constantly blown away have you gone to the wind temple yet i have not (laughs) So the journey to the Wind Temple is one of the best things I've done in video games, maybe ever. Um, and I was just like jaw dropped at what they were having me do and sort of the path they'd laid out before me. And yeah, I was just like saying out loud, I was like, wow, this is one of the coolest things I've done in video games ever. And it looks spectacular. Um, so I'm really blown away by what they've been able to fit onto this system. Um, this is the swan song game of the switch. I think, I think this is like the final one. that's like nothing newer can really go on this system <laughs> like I think they got to announce something in like the spring of 2024 maybe or maybe they announce in in the winter and then it comes out spring 2024 I don't know um, yeah I mean it but does I, feel like the, like the PS5 I think even like like they put games out on the PS5 like Star Wars Jedi that came out last month and it can't even hit 30 frames on the PS5 which is like a mini PC so yeah, I'm just in total, total shock and amazement that this thing runs at all. Yeah, it's this kind
1: of it's it's, it's funny because I feel like this is like sort of symbolic of the timelines of these consoles where the PS5 and this has a lot to do with like COVID and stuff, too. But like the PS5 is extant, but they're only just now starting to push push out games that might really start to take advantage of all the stuff that it can do. And figure out how to do that because like Jedi was got all messed up, but then like we have Final Fantasy coming, maybe that'll work. Da, 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 da. Whereas the Switch like had its run and is just like wrapping it up now, and it's gonna be time for the next Nintendo thing. Cause like you play Tears of the Kingdom and it's just like, how could you possibly get any more out of this machine? Like, I, I cannot
0: imagine what like I just feel like my switches will just like explode. Yeah. And it hasn't. And I'm like, I'm constantly marvel at that. Like, are there some frame dips every so often? Yeah, but not a lot, not enough to ruin the experience. And like the majority of the time that I'm flying through the air, just dive bombing, like I never lose frames. I'm just like, I'm just like soaring. And I, I just like, I'm rarely on a horse because what I'll typically do is just teleport back to one of the towers and then just get shot back up in the air again. Cause like navigating the space of Hyrule is just, it it has that, that sort of like that wish fulfillment, that fantasy thing that we go to for games. That's what the sky really gives you in this one. Cause you really do feel like a fucking superhero that can just zip and shoot everywhere. And, and it, it would have been one thing to just do it in the sky. And they're like, No, motherfucker. There's a whole other fucking hollow earth below the ground. Where Godzilla lives. Um, Where Godzilla lives. But that's,
1: that's like, that's my thing that I think that is my thing that I'm most charmed by by this game is that it lets you feel like a lot of different guys. Like you get to be underground explorer, Indiana Jones, Link and you get to be like classic fantasy hero on your horse riding around the land, helping people Link. and you get to be superhero flying through the sky and exploring places never before seen link. And it's so cool that it really accomplishes all those different ways of playing the character that all feel different and are all exciting and they aren't like conflicting. Like it doesn't feel like it's the
0: game. It doesn't feel like you're playing a different game. It just feels like you're playing the game, like tuned a little differently in each setting. And they, and they complement each other because you actually have to go to each area to do stuff in the other areas. So, like, for instance, like, to operate a lot of the technology in the sky, you need to mine stuff below the earth. So there's this flow of, like, constantly feeling like you're achieving little things on each tier or each layer of this game. Um, yeah, everything is just so thoughtful with that. So much fun. And, and honestly, like the first time I went into the depths and pretty much every time I'm like, whoa, this is the spookiest Nintendo has ever been, at least for me. Yeah. You know, it's got, it's got, it's got total. Like that's the thing. It does.
1: It does. It's, it's like so hack to me to do this, but it does like remind me of Elden ring in this way where it's like, it is able to cultivate a bunch of different emotions by like playing with setting and playing with things around you. And it gives you cool tools to deal with them. Like that's, like it's this, I mean, it's this thing that's been been true. Like this is not news, but like the, the dark souls souls, like games are very much Zelda inspired. And then later Zelda's clearly drew off of the developments that from software made and making those games. There's just like this back and forth between the franchises. And you can see that here in a way that's like really fun and exciting where like it can be spooky and scary. It can be fucking uh, amazing and beautiful and it can be fucking thrilling exploration, And you get you just get all of it. And that's just so exciting.
0: Um, Yeah, it's it's exciting. And it it is something one last thing I guess I wanted to mention sort of to end my thoughts currently while still playing it is I do feel overwhelmed with this game in a way I didn't feel in Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild had really key things that you wanted to go seek out and do. And there was little secrets everywhere, but the amount of little secrets and little things to do that you want to do that are fun to do, but you don't have to do are just so many that I like never get what I want done in a play session. I like, I'm always like, okay, this time we're going to do the temple finally. And then I find a million different of the guy trying to put up the president Hudson signs and I just do all those, or I try to find this special horse or something. And yeah, I just, um, I feel like this game is, I'm going to play it for like 120 hours or something. And yeah, I'm just, just kind of blown away by that.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good, a good, actually a good, a good place to wrap this up. Is that like, we'll probably keep talking about this game, be like on and off for a while, just because like, but the, the way that it has all these phasic modes and has all these little things going on does make it like so hard to put down because like I'll see a little tunnel and be like, oh, I just like peek in this little tunnel, and see what's going on. And there's like a puzzle in there and I do the puzzle. And, da, mm-hmm. da, and then I come out and I'm like, oh, shoot, uh, I was been two and a half hours and I have to go to work. And I mm-hmm. so I can't uh, try and get to this temple or that temple or whatever. Um, and so it's going to be around. I think that it just speaks to like the how good this game is. And how fun it is, um, especially because like also there are times where I lose like two hours because I'm just like I wonder what'll happen if I combine this this and this thing or if I can build this thing. Yeah the
0: the building mechanics would are on its own like it could be a game on its own. So adding that into this massive RPG is just like oh yeah we're, we're gonna be playing this game forever. Um, I mean, just today alone, I discovered that if you attach a missile to your shield, you can just shoot up in the air. Yeah. And if you attach your shield to a minecart, you can have a skateboard. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Uh, to the rail, you mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like there's another I got like a little cart thing that I could just take with me to other places
0: oh cool yeah um every day twitter invents a bigger and crazier thing like i see people building just these insane contraptions it's just like this is this is a pure gaming moment this is i think i mean i know this is game of the year um and now i'm just trying to get through as much of it before final fantasy 16 yeah i mean this is um there hasn't been a this
1: since elden ring basically like a time where everyone was like well this is like an all-time video game that is going to change the way we think about games for a long time and we're all playing it and we're all talking about how great it is and game of the year got wrapped up before june and this is great it happened with Elden ring and it's happening with this and it's cool that stuff happens um and it's
0: cool that we get to be around to see it. And you know what's also cool? We're doing the show again. Folks, we never left. Every week we've been recording episodes and not releasing them. Pay us lots of money to get the secret apps. Um, but these are we're back, the public free ones. Here we are. It's me, Griffin, it's Lux, it's producer Haley. And we're we're back on track. We're back on schedule. Okay. Um any any anything you wanna say about that?
1: Nope, just excited to be back. Glad we got our stuff going and uh we'll be we'll be talking to you guys again soon. So y'all have a good day, night, evening. I am here for you to see and hear what I'm Remember the swamp? remember my
0: song in the swamp when I was like, we gotta go.